Hi, I'm Herb, and this is the Service Design Show, episode 140. Hi, I'm Mark Fontaine, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. On this show, we explore what's beneath the surface of service design. What are the hidden things that make a difference between success and failure? All to help you design great services that have a positive impact on people and business. Now, let me start off this episode by wishing you a very happy new year. It's awesome that in this new year, you've also decided to tune into the show. I'm on a mission to make this the most helpful service design podcast out there, and I'm going to double down on that mission this year as well. We're going to start off this year with an episode that's maybe a little bit different than you're used to. Our guest is Herb Scheuer, who reached out to me with an interesting suggestion, and that was to use him as a guinea pig. Now, let me explain. Most guests you hear on the show already have an established understanding of service design. Well, Herb reached out to me and proposed to share his experience of what's it like to be in the midst of this transition into service design from an adjacent field. What I enjoyed about this conversation is that it gives a fresh perspective on our field from somebody who's not yet inside the bubble. Because once you're inside that bubble, it's really hard to take a beginner's mind. So I encourage you to listen to this conversation and think about which questions you should be asking yourself that you aren't asking enough. And what are the things that you maybe are taking for granted but are really important in our work? Now, before we dive in, I want to say thanks to Herb for having the courage to jump into this conversation with me and sharing what he's going through, knowing very well that other professionals with more experience are listening right now. As you'll hear in the conversation, one of the skills that you can greatly benefit from is knowing how to talk about the value of your work. Why is that important? Well, if you can't get support and buy-in from the people who need to hire you, you won't get the chance to show the added value of service design, regardless if that's with external clients or internal stakeholders. Now, talking about the added value of service design isn't always easy. So imagine what if you would have a simple language that gets non-designers to quickly understand and appreciate what you do without dumbing the practice down. And what if you would have a message that would allow you to work on more rewarding and interesting challenges rather than working on that incremental stuff that doesn't make a real difference and a language that would help you to be respected by clients, managers and CEOs who appreciate the work you do? Well, that's exactly what I want to help you with in the Selling Service Design with Confidence program. It's a six-week program where you are going to learn why getting buy-in and support for service design seems so hard and, most importantly, how you can fix that. You're going to learn about a practical framework and a simple language that helps you to close the gap between business and design once and for all and this will boost your confidence and get rid of that imposter syndrome, which is only holding you back from doing great work. This program is especially relevant for in-house service designers who need to get stakeholders aligned, for service designers at agencies who need to set up a new practice and integrate existing clients, 
and people who are transitioning into service design from an adjacent field and want to learn how to have the right conversations. If you identify with one of those characters, well, then I encourage you to consider joining the program because I know that you're going to benefit from it. The deadline to apply for the upcoming group is January 31st. We have a limited number of seats in the cohort and if you want to increase your chance of getting in, make sure you send in your application as soon as possible. The applications are reviewed in the order that I received them and once we reach the max number of participants, you won't be able to join this round anymore. So if you want to advance your career, become a more well-rounded and mature professional head over to servicedesignshow.com slash selling and learn how you can apply to the program. The link is also in the show notes of this episode. That about wraps it up for the introduction. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation with Herb Scheuer. Let the show begin. Welcome to the show, Herb. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Uh, awesome to have this conversation with you. It's going to be a unique episode. That's a thing I know for sure, even though we haven't recorded it yet. Um, this is going to be an experiment, uh, which I love doing things that are uh, a bit different than uh, I've done before. Uh, but uh, before we give too much away, uh, let's start with uh, a short introduction for the people who don't know who you are and haven't looked you up on LinkedIn yet. Could you uh, share something about what you do today? Uh, so today I am a principal design strategist uh, and that is a new role for me. Um, my background has been either to be a strategist or uh, an account planner at various types of advertising and marketing agencies. So I'm moving into a new role, uh, a little bit more, or I shouldn't say a little bit, but definitely into the design and service design world and excited to see where this new adventure takes me. All right. And that's uh, going to be, to be a red threat throughout this episode, which we'll explore in a second. But before we do that, uh, we go through our classic, uh, by now, rapid fire question <laughs> round. Five questions. Yeah, your task is to answer them as quickly as possible. Sure. Uh, ready? Yeah. All right. What's always in your fridge, Herb? Uh, I always have goat milk. I've goat gotten obsessed with goat milk in the last couple of years, and it's just... Uh, I, I have to have it for all my cereals and chocolate chip cookies. Mm, interesting. Goat milk. Haven't had that one on the show before, but hey, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll try it as well. Uh, which books or books are you reading, uh, if any, at this moment? Uh, I am refreshing myself on jobs to be done. Uh, it's a book I read several years ago. And to get myself into the new role, I was like, oh, there's a few books I just need to get page back through so that is the current one uh, i just started it three days ago so i'm kind of like into the meat of it right now and it's just it was a refresher i read it several years ago but it was that's where my head's at now so mm, all to be done. all business yeah. books nothing fun uh, well th 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 those can be fun as well um <laughs> what was your first job uh my first job so i grew up on a farm i'm a farm kid in iowa so my first job was of course uh, bailing hay for the neighbors uh my first job in marketing was i was the taco man for taco bell at the halftime show for the chicago bulls 
How, so I how got, about that? <laughs> yeah, I got my I got my in for uh, actual being a mascot, and then from there I got internships in different agencies and kind of set my career off. Awesome, that's that's good. <laughs> uh, I'll look up your LinkedIn profile if it's still on there. Um, uh, and now maybe the question uh, that we're also going to explore throughout the episode. But yeah. when did you learn about service design? Your first encounter. Uh yeah, so my first encounter with service design was literally when I interviewed into the position I'm in now. Uh, I hadn't heard of that name. I haven't heard of that that calling a, 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 a area in kind of this field until I encountered it there. Uh, once I encountered it, you know, then spent some time familiarizing myself, looking it up, you know, learning about it very quickly, um, was very intrigued by it. But that was the that was the first time I'd actually had heard of of those words put together like that. Mm. And that's fascinating because usually I have guests here on the show who sort of are familiar with service design for years, decades, and you're just transitioning into it. And often um, people sort of look back on their service design experience and say, yeah, at some point I stumbled into it and I realized that there is something like service design, but I've been doing it for years. Um, but that's usually years uh, years later. Now we are at an intersection where you reach out uh, to me and said, um, I'm just stumbling into this service design thing. I'm going to uh, be exploring what it is. Uh, so why not have a conversation right now rather than in a few years about my expectations uh, about what service design might be? And I thought, well, that's an interesting idea. I don't think we've covered that on the show uh, before. So um, here we are. Um, so Herb, you mentioned one of the things uh, uh, in our prep call was that you feel like uh, so you're you're going to be one of them. I think you phrased it like uh, like that. Uh, how would you describe them? Who who are they? <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting kind of. I've been going through a very kind of interesting through thought process. A lot of feelings about where I'm going to the group I'm in now and the people I'm around. I have so much respect and admiration for the work and how they think about the work because i i've always kind of had the title of planner or strategist you know in some various way shape or form but i've never carried a title that had design in it and i've always worked alongside design i've always worked either partnered or like you know on projects or leading teams where you know where there was two of us you know welded to the hip of like you, you know, you run the UX group, you run a strategy group. Okay, we're going to tackle this problem for this client. So always was working with design, but never had the design title. So that I've had both, I've had interesting mixed feelings of going in and understanding what it means to carry the design title. And the reason being is I feel over the years, I've not been a design practitioner. I've been someone who you know, has worked with the practitioners of the field and understand that there is a craft, a way to do things. I mean, I make a good enough PowerPoint deck, but I do, I am not a visual designer by any means. And, uh, you know, not to pick on visual design is just like this idea of now wearing kind of the design title. At the same time, the group I'm working in, you know, there's, there's service designers, product designers, there's all the different types of design. So I've 
had a, a, a first, you know, I don't want to say fear, but a first like nervousness of like, oh my goodness, I'm going in to work with people who know the language of design, know what it means to carry the design title. And I don't, and it mm. wasn't imposter syndrome. It was more, well, I don't want to let these people down. I don't, I don't want to be the one that is always the having to play catch up because um, I wanted to be able to be able to collaborate and work and just kind of, you know, be part of <clears throat> everything that we do. Um, but know that I just knew I didn't have, or I never had that title. And I didn't know if that mattered or not. And I'm, that's one of the reasons, you know, in my exploration of like learning about service design, learning about all things designs came across your show and every, you know, and various other places. And I was like, oh, this world, this language, I'm starting to learn it. Um, and that's why I reached out because I was like, oh, I like this is to me an interesting, you know, I always like to explore interesting spaces as well. And thinking about like, oh, what does this mean to start wearing, you know, possibly a design title and does that really change anything? Does that matter? I don't know. And so that's why I reached out to kind of explore and explore that space. Yeah, and uh, we don't have to come up with answers here. Let's, uh, uh, questions are just as uh, valuable. And what's interesting about the perspective you're bringing into this conversation from uh, my perspective is that you have an outside look on the design space, the service design space. Usually uh, I have guests who are already sort of biased and influenced from within yeah. the bubble and you're sort of standing next to it or with one feet in uh, the space so it's interesting to learn and hear how you in this case look at the service design space from uh yeah from a different perspective and i think that will be a lot of fun to uh uncover maybe uh you you mentioned um uh, something briefly about uh, your background uh could you give like uh an herb uh, bird's eye view of uh, your recent career and how you actually got into this position where uh you're taking on a service design role yeah uh so i i make the joke i sum up my career as i've seen a lot of different kind of strategy movies or marketing movies. And what I mean by that is I've been a planner or strategist in a lot of different agency or agency type roles. Um, everything from I, a, a classic brand creative agency to a media performance agency to a PR agency to a giant PR agency to an official, what I would say, digital agency that was focused on a, you know front-end solutions of mobile digital all the way over to, you know, even dis uh, it, it display in stores and things of that nature. So I, I, I've been in a role that has always kind of like taken different turns into thinking about strategy, thinking about connected to the consumer, thinking about learning about a target audience, pulling insights to drive some sort of output, you know, across the marketing spectrum. Uh, the last role before this role that I got into was working in uh, pharma. So I, I took that job because it was an interesting perspective of like, well, I've never worked as a strategist in a regulatory field. You know, how is that different? And working with very, very, very small target audiences, how do we impact that in kind of rare and ultra rare diseases, which I found fascinating. And I think my career has always been hey, I love learning and getting into and being curious about different spaces of how to understand 
target audiences or groups or people and activate against them. And this role, you know, well, this role popped up the where I'm in now because I've been with people I'd worked with in the past, um, mentor of mine I'd worked with, you know, kind of an ongoing conversation. And it just happened to be a right time, right place and said, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? And his take on me was, you thought in this way in a lot of different versions of your career. He's like, I think you would make a nice fit here. I think you would bring a perspective of understanding how to tackle problems to drive solutions, you know, especially in kind of this design field, because you do have his, his words, not mine was, you know, you're always you're half thinking about the business business problem. You're half thinking about consumers and really wearing the consumer hat. This might be a nice, really fit for you. And I think you'd find a nice home here. And that was interesting to me. It was interesting of, Hey, I've, <laughs> I've seen, I, I like exploring all these spaces. I like seeing how these connect. And this just naturally fit to me as a, as a next evolution of like, Oh, let's go, let's go try this on. Let's see how this fits. Let's, this seems really interesting to figure out, how to take, um, you know, uh, not just think about consumers as, you know, one specific target audience that we're working with marketing, but starting to think about, well, how does this impact, you know, when we get into like the idea of service design, and I may butcher this, the definition or what it means, because I'm still learning. So please help me along the way. But the, you know, the front of the back house and the back of the house, how those connect, how sometimes you know, it's stakeholders, it's people inside the company, it's you're actually learning from them and then helping create new solutions that impact everything along the way. And I, my, maybe my secret sauce to this whole thing is, you know, I've always had the idea of target and brand and rattling around in the back of my brain. So it's like, oh, well, then how, even if we design a new, you know, a new way for someone to walk through the store or uh, a new way for someone to buy something through the mobile app that, you know, changes a lot of the back-end, back-end processes. How is that still on brand or how does the brand or the company show up there that makes it unique to them? So the solution is still unique to them. So that's how I, I don't know if that quite answers your question or if I meandered too much there, but really kind of like it was taking a, the... I've seen a lot of different ways strategy, consumer, and insights have come to be, come, you know, to drive uh, solutions, and this was a new opportunity to explore that space. Yeah. So basically, it also comes down to the thing that you already had a service design mindset. Uh, you just had somebody pointed out to you that there's a thing called service design, and there is a role called so. Yeah. I think so. I you know, and and I've heard, and I've seen a couple episodes from your show, and like. I've heard that theme come up and I was like, every time I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, that's what probably, yeah. Like in the people who have designed backgrounds, like, oh, they find this and it makes a lot of sense. And then the more I've been exposed to it and the more I've been around it and the, the more I've worked with people in my current role uh, and just learning from them and the uptake, I've been like, oh my goodness. Yeah. My, my head does work like this. Like, oh, this is true. Like what they say on the podcast is right. Like, yeah, like, oh, I, I do, like, this, this does make a lot of sense to me. And it's, 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 it's both fascinating and uh, drives my curiosity to explore it even more, because mm. I'm like, oh, maybe this is the right 
home for me. Let's go. Let's go to the moment where I don't know how your um, application process went for this job, but I'm curious to to learn like what was the conversation because uh going into uh the job application uh how, how did you feel how <laughs> take, take take us back to that moment um my well i cheated a little bit in that i knew several i had worked with several of the people that i was talking to in the past so like we had some familiarity But where I was nervous, and I'll be honest, I'm still nervous even right now, is how does my background, how does my way of thinking, how does my way of like, you know, understand getting to solutions or like brainstorming and collaborating and all of this, how does that fit? And then what don't I know? I, I like I'm still learning, you know, the nomenclature, I'm still learning things. And, and I have joked with people, like when someone says something like, oh, that's high and low, high and uh, low fidelity prototyping. I'm like, oh, 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 I, oh, I've seen that before. Oh, I know what that is. Like, there's been so much language and things I've learned. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. But going into the process and going into it, I, I was very nervous around, hey, how I think and how I approach you know, being a strategist and a problem solver, does that actually fit here? Um, because it it wasn't like a foreign language, but it was a, a language with a very heavy dialect. And I'm like, am I really understanding people? Are people really understanding me? Does this really match up? And that's where my one of my large concerns is when I was going through the interview process was, hey, is this really a fit or is this just a yeah it sounds like it does mm. so um it, it helped that you knew some people and that they knew your background and uh, then it helps to uh, uh, sure. see if there is a fit now um what I, i'm having this career and having this background um this is an a path that um maybe isn't the most obvious one maybe it is i don't know but what what still motivates you to um, pursue this opportunity? Why do you think that this is uh, an interesting step uh, in your career right now? Because what the, the more I've gotten into this role and the team I've been around is the, I've landed on this idea of, oh, what I'm doing is, you know, the team I'm working with is we take like kind of, <laughs> we quoted this the other day because we were talking about this internally. It's like, are we taking tangible solutions and make them tan or are we taking tangible problems to make them tangible solutions? This idea of, Hey, we have to actually figure out the problem and make sure it's the right problem and then figure out ways to solve that. And that is something that I've always been drawn to and always motivated by. And I think, you know, my career has always been, has had a large part of that, no matter what I've been doing. I've had to go in and like figure out like, oh, what's the right problem? What are the right problem we're really to solve? And like, how are we solving it within this box or within this frame? And now I think I'm just in a different place to do that with a lot of people who are actually doing the same thing. And we're all, we all, I think now have a, a collective understanding of yeah, we are trying to identify the problem and find the solution. Now, do I think it's novel and only done 
in a service design group or, you know, that's not done across the field. No. Um, what I do notice the difference is, is I do think there is a, a broader aspect of what the solution could be. I think the, the, what I've learned is while sometimes we can apply the idea of design to make just the mobile app or just make a specific um, like where something sits in a store or how, a, you know, how the, how the uh, POS system works or something like that can be very, very particular. It can also be applied at a little bit broader scale to actually figure out, okay, what is the, what is the best way to create the experience for a consumer? And that may not sound as nuanced um, saying it out loud, but I'm finding that that is where the real nuance is. It is really thinking about, hey, the experience itself, there's a little bit of meta pulled in that helps create, find the right solution. And you have to kind of work at it and figure out, okay, what are the different pieces and different ways and understanding the your audience, your target audience persona, a little bit different to get there than I would have experienced maybe in just creating a, a brand campaign, mm -hmm. like, you know, something for TV, like how uh, a creative works there. And I think the, you know, someone creating creative messaging is highly attuned in that way. And I think it's fascinating how their brain works. This is just a little bit different, I think, and just makes a little bit more sense to me because it's about the real experience of like the tangible things you're going to touch and do, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. I'm also very, <laughs> I'm also very nervous on this show right now because I feel like I'm getting into language or using language that I'm, I'm picking up at the same time. So uh, that's please perfect. correct me. Or that, no, 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 like, that's, that's, no. I think I, you, what you mean here is something different here, but please, because I am I, yeah. I'm learning as I'm going here. And I, I think that's the interesting part because um, uh, it's interesting to see this transitioning and um, to see which, uh, which words, which jargon sort of uh, get, yeah. gets on your path uh, soon, which things stick, which uh, things don't stick. And one of the things I heard you say what, uh, what excites you about this opportunity um, and the way I would translate it is that you're not tied to a specific medium or channel where you can design uh, the solution. Like the solution is channel agnostic, it's medium agnostic, yeah. it can be anything. Uh, and that opens up a lot of new opportunities to come up with solutions. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely part of it. Um, even in projects that I've been exposed to in the last even two weeks, there. what's nice about what you said there, I think that is totally true. And like, hey, it's, it's open to interpretation of like where the solution shows up. But what I've found fascinating is even in the smaller areas of a project where it seems more constrained, there's still that possibility there. There's still that possibility to turn it on its side and say, oh, wait a minute, it, this doesn't make sense. Like it, 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 we shouldn't be using a pencil here. We actually need a big red marker. That would be a better, better mm -hmm. solution. And like, oh, that is interesting. And that's mm -hmm. interesting for me to try to figure out. So, um, I'm curious. You mentioned something about that you f that you think you still might have gaps in your skills yeah. in your knowledge. Let's uh, dive a little bit in that. 
you're basing this, I guess, on the work that you've seen other designers, service designers do, maybe some literature, maybe the service design podcast, who knows? Um, but where, where do you feel the gaps might be most prevalent? Where, where do you want to level up? The gaps is twofold. One is now that I've been into it, like there are artifacts. Uh, one I'll pick on is, you know, an idea of the service design blueprint, you know, and I think that is something that is becoming a little bit standard or the, that idea, a service design a blueprint is somewhat standard in different service design, maybe approaches and craft. Um, I've been exposed to that and seeing how that works and doesn't, you know, well, not, no, let me back that up seeing how that works with journeys and persona and how the personas and how that comes together, that service, that the idea of the blueprint wasn't, a f as soon as I saw it, I was very comfortable and like, Oh, I see what it, I see what it is and I see what it's doing. And I see the pieces of how to get there, but that was new to me. That was something that I, I you know, that was an artifact that was completely new that, once I saw it, I got it. And um, there's a couple of people I work with who've made some really nice ones that have been really helpful in understanding it. And so there's, I, I feel fortunate in that to be, that's one of them that is probably like a pure artifact where the other gaps, you know, the a little bit more kind of like intangible ones were what I still don't know. There's, there is some language, um, like this is dumb, but just like I knew what a prototype was. I always had an idea, but I didn't always understand maybe how often they got applied, how low or low-fi or high-fi, how you know when when they were put into like or when they should be. Like when's the right idea to bring them in, or like when to go about it. Now the answer is anytime, anywhere. Like you can, you, like there's no there's no right or wrong to it, right? But it was when you like when I started like reading some of the material, and they're like, oh, you should prototype now. Like one of the questions I like, wrote down, I was like, oh, do you do you always do you prototype every time? Do you do that? Like, should you always be doing that? And the answer I'm learning is yes, and maybe like all at the same time. Now that's a weird one to pick on because <laughs> like it's kind of generic and it's kind of like, oh, you should always prototype. But it was just one of those things of like things I ran into in my previous roles, we wouldn't have prototyped hardly ever. Like we would never really sketch. There might've been mock-ups of the, uh, or we might've mocked stuff up if we were doing user testing or if I was around like website development. Yeah, like that would probably get in some way, shape or form. But the idea of like really leaning into that impossible earlier testing or middle testing or late, like, that was kind of like a new idea that I was like, oh, wait a minute, this isn't new, but that totally makes sense. Like we should be doing that all the time. And so there's been like little things along the way that I've just had to like, oh, okay, that's, yeah, that makes sense now that I've been exposed to it. And so those unknown, those unknown ones have been the ones that have, you know, weirdly kind of surprised me the most First, the bigger kind of artifacts once you kind of hear their names. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And <clears throat> like the artifacts are, uh, I would say, the the thing that's the easiest to learn. Yeah. Like uh, there are books. Uh, and the other thing with regards to prototyping, that's that's mostly an attitude thing. And the answer that you found, or like when should you prototype? You always and uh, sometimes 
Um, the 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 challenging part uh, I think about design and service design is there are many ways to do it right, and when you're joining in, sure, you, you, you're sort of looking for okay, like show me show me how to do it. And when you when you um, uh, run into a stubborn service designer, they might say like, just do 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 whatever you think is best. Like <laughs> there is no right wrong and. Uh, in a sense, that's true, but that's that's not it's it's not the easiest way to get into this field. I don't know if you've experienced something similar. Yeah, it's so. I'd say one of the you know the real it's the difference between toolbox and and then box of process. <laughs> like here's here's all the tools, here's all the things, here's a service design blueprint, but which is an easy thing to be like, oh, I can wrap my head around that. But it's like, all right, so what's the process to get there? And then how do we really use that in, you know, is this the is this the output or the outcome? And how does this help drive the outcome of what we were asked or tasked to do? And so it's been like figuring out how to put these pieces in place, like how a, you know, how a project actually works, like from start to finish and wrapping around there. And I think that's one thing that you know weirdly it is defined and you know you can read about it in books and you can read about it in like blog posts and other things people talk about it like oh here's how we start the process we do some of this we do some of this then we do some of this and it's weird because on paper you're like oh yeah that makes sense oh yep that makes sense but until you start doing it you don't really see how the the artifacts and tools that you have actually get applied to actually drive and how you might uh, you might not need to do that step uh that can just be talked about uh that can be whiteboarded you know and done with and we can move forward but actually you got to spend a lot of time digging in here um and that you know that cadence and that understanding um is is probably something if you're trying if you're coming if you're new to this or haven't done this especially from my outside point of view that cadence and understanding is probably one of be the, the tougher things to start wrapping your head around, but it's not hard. It's just until you see it or experience it, even on paper, it's just one of those things where you kind of look at it and go, well, yes, that makes sense. But until you're in the thick of it, do you really understand how to internalize it? Yeah. And there are so many micro decisions that go into uh, the process, which aren't documented, documented and are impossible to document. Uh, yeah. but but that's the thing uh you're running into like uh sure you can describe a five step process to anything in service design but uh then once you start doing the process there are like a, a thousand questions you need to answer throughout and make judgment calls and those judgment calls are things that you can only learn through practice uh, uh yeah. right yeah totally and w as you're speaking there, I was like, well, what's the through line? What, what keeps me sane? Like, I was trying to like, just kind of reflect on what you're saying. It's like, yeah, it's all those little decisions. And I always think what I landed on was, oh, as long as you say curious in the moment, you can like figure out how to sort through some of this. And I think that's where I've had to lead into is like constantly, which is part of why I think I took this position role all up was Hey, the curiosity of like, keep asking the questions, keep like figuring it out. This like, this desire to like, well, let's figure this out. Let's put this together. Like, how does this come together? Because as you said, there are a lot of like 
little micro decisions along the way that you just have to, once you get there, you can figure out like, oh, this makes sense. But what's helped is, you know, what's helped me along the way is like, keep asking questions. Like there's no dumb question. There is, but there, like be comfortable with just like exploring why and like, Mm -hmm. okay, why is this happening now? Because the uptake will, I, I think I've experienced it as will happen much quicker. And that's, that's already a great insight for anybody who's interested in transitioning into service design. Like you might get hung up on the fact that, um, that it's a craft and you need to know what you're doing. And you, you but, but <clears throat> what you're, what you're saying is that there is just a really simple process, uh, staying curious and figuring stuff along, uh, out along the way. It's like, um, one of the things I, I like to compare design and service design to is like in, improv theater. Like you don't know what's going <laughs> yeah. to happen next, but you, you you have a process and an approach and an attitude which you can apply in any situation to get to the next situation. And I think in a lot of uh, uh, the design processes, it's the same. You You sort of know high level what's going to happen. There's a start of the show and there's an end of the show. But in... Anything that happens uh, in between uh, happens a lot in the moment, and you have to trust a very simple process in which you described as being curious and figuring stuff out, which uh, same curious, prototyping things, trying things out. uh, That makes a lot of sense already. Yeah, there's also a... I don't know how to quite describe this. how people approach this. So, you know, I come from more of a strategy planning background versus uh, a design craft background. And what I, I might be using the wrong language here to describe that. So uh, forgive me, but the idea of, hey, if you're coming from a visual designer, if you're coming from more of a, a, a formal UX training, right? Like something into this space versus coming from, you know, strategy planning, we, we've, we come from like different processes to or different ways of thinking to get to the same idea. And I had a great discussion with a couple of people that I work with who I would say come from more the craft side. And it's what I've noticed is I've had to figure out how to apply a little bit more process to my thinking to be able to help be on the team to work through a problem versus when I'm talking with someone who's coming from a bit more of a craft design craft background, there's already a, a, a rigor applied and how to loosen that up a little bit to think a bit more broadly and where we're meeting in the middle, I think is a really interesting space. And I don't, it'll be interesting if you know, you ping me a year from now, if I have better language to describe what I just walked through there, because I do think there is, that's kind of the, the interesting thing where we're mashing together and where I've seen like different people come at it because I, I work with a, someone um, that moved in, it's going through the same process I am in this team. And we talked about it and we we're feeling a similar thing where it's like, Oh, we can't, you know, we always approach, you know, strategy from, yeah, let's understand the consumer. And like, we didn't have a lot of like rigid ways we did it. We always kind of like duct taped it together. Um, And that's one, like this meeting of like, 
where a rigid kind of way to do it versus a completely, you know, scatterbrained way to do it, where that's coming together, I think is an interesting process, but, or an interesting space, but we are, we're figuring it out. And that to me is very, I don't know, interesting. <laughs> were there already, um, and I'm sure there, there were, uh, some uh, major aha moments for you stepping into this new role? I'd say the first one is, um, the first aha is, oh, everyone's trying to figure it out. Like, everyone is trying to put it together. There is this, everyone has this inherent sense of curiosity, inherent sense of um how how do we really make something um but you know and what is what is experience and like another aha is really oh we talk like how to really formally talk about creating experience and what does that mean i don't have an answer for like that language or how to like create experience yet but the aha behind it is oh everyone's everyone is thinking this way maybe just a little bit differently, but we are all thinking around this idea of like, oh, how do we, how do we create, how are we consciously creating that experience that's going to solve this problem? And that was one of the bigger, like, oh, every, oh, okay. Every, yeah, everybody's thinking this way. Okay. I just gotta, okay. It's okay. I'm okay. Like, yeah, I, I gotta, I can figure this out. So what were you expecting? Or if, if that was an aha moment and you figured out everybody's thinking this way, what was your, uh, image of the situation before i thought there was going to be and i don't know why i thought this maybe it's just well i do know why i can explain it here in a second but i thought there'd be a bit more formality or a bit more this is how we design like i thought there would be a bit more like capital d design and like how we do things um it, and it's not that there is an informality. It's not that we that there isn't a rigor or way to do things. I just thought there would be a, a larger, oh, this is how we design. And I think I have this inherently in me as uh, earlier in my career when I was around a lot more, I'd say visual design and a lot more very specific design. I would say the people I interacted with carried the, the 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 word design with a very very capital d it it meant that you were you you know you you had a certain style about you you had a certain craft about you you had a certain presence and you could always tell like oh this is a design team and i am not cool enough to be one of those cool kids it, which and i don't say that <laughs> i don't want that to come off as negative it's more of an observation that Oh yeah, there was definitely an inherent sense of taste and flavor, which drove their creativity, which I appreciated. And I always assumed that was, that's, that's what design was, you know, it's like, oh, the Steve Jobs and the black turtleneck, like, oh, you, you, you have to look this part, right? Like that's what design is. And what I've learned over the last couple of years, and especially with, you know, the group I'm in now, no, there's, <laughs> there's small D design. And it's kind of the same thing, but it's more of an approach of like, oh, we're trying to figure out how to solve this problem than it is like than it is a a, a creative craft in like flavor of like 
specific things. I have a lot of respect for people who are in the capital D design because, you know, of what they do and how they put things together. Cause I know I am not, but what I think my stigma coming into it was, Oh, everybody's that way. And so and what work, I'm learning is yeah. <laughs> what I'm learning is like, no, no, there's a lot of like people like me just running around with a, you know, not the coolest t-shirt, but a cool enough t-shirt to be like, yeah, we can all do this too. And that's um, this sort of unfortunate that design has that uh, image uh, because I think it becomes less accessible and uh, less inviting for a lot of people who could potentially contribute uh, a whole deal to this field. Uh, so uh, through this show, I also hope to evangelize a bit more that design is accessible, service design is more accessible and you don't have to have a formal degree and uh it's okay when you're coming in from a different background now um that there was an aha moment um and i'm also curious to learn about what what have you experienced as the most challenging thing so far i think the most challenging thing for me so far is the the gear shift into workflow um and what i mean by that is and I don't know if this will be a challenge six months from now, and it's probably a cha- it's probably a default when you move into any new job, but it, it is noticeable here is, you know, coming from what I'd say more is you know a a brand agency or a creative agency being a strategist there is there was someone driving the project we had briefs we had certain ways and cadence to how we did things and what you're responsible for. I would say in this role, maybe not in this role with this, with this company, but just in, in this kind of field itself is you still have some of that, but it's, it's much more fluid uh, because you may have to constantly kind of change or adapt. And that won't be probably on every project, but what I have noticed is, oh, if we, you know, there's a lot of, there is space to be able to say, we explored this, we learned this, and now we have to turn and go this way. We explored, we learned, and now we have to turn and go this way. We explored to learn, and that got us to the end. And I, I'm not saying that, I don't know if that's how it's going to work on everything, but then my initial exposure to that has been like, oh, there's a gear shift to be able to think about like how to stay on your toes a bit more, to be a bit more nimble around projects and like approaching it and like putting it together versus what I was coming from. It felt like maybe nimble and flat-footed is a, is a good metaphor. It felt very much like, okay, this is, this is how we're going to go and do this. We can do this. This we we can go from here to here and, it's done. And we know um, that might be, I don't know, that might be a weird kind of metaphor put together, but this is what it feels like. And I think that's been one of the challenges, but I don't see it as a bad challenge. I just see it as like, oh, this, this is a little bit different pace and cadence and way to kind of think about it that I've had to adapt to, but I think it's very adaptable. Mm-hmm. It sounds, it sounds like the, uh, predictability part so there's less in a sense less predictability in the challenges that you're working on right now uh there is a very high level approach a high level process but uh it's definitely less predictable what's going to happen on a day-by-day basis uh compared to some other design disciplines for instance right yeah Uh, 
I think, and I, I don't know, uh, it'd be interesting to see it how it holds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It'll be interesting to see how it holds true because like, I can only imagine like you starting to put like journeys and blueprints together and you start seeing like, Oh, we need to, we need to, we need to go this way a little bit differently now. And that's what I'm expecting as part of it. So I don't know. I, uh, I'll, I'll email you uh, nine months from now and see if that holds true. What would you say are, and uh, this will also be interesting in, uh, uh, in a year time, but what are the big questions on your mind right now? <sighs> That's tough because I think I'm still kind of in uptake mode to be able to like figure out what the big questions are. Uh, I think what I'm starting to dance around is uh, what... what are the things we, what are the things I will make versus what are the things that I will impact? Like, and where I, where that goes for me is there are, you know, there are, there are deliverables that we will create. And I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to understand like what those, what those needed deliverables always are like there are there's always pixels on a screen there's always pages you know that you do versus what is what will be what are the things we actually impact and how to really impact those um said differently coming from my old world i knew part of my impact was to impact the creative team to create an ad like that was part of my job like that was part of what needed to happen my my output was actually a input into someone else or into a different team here. I'm trying to, is like, does that still hold true or is the input and output the same person? Hmm. You know, and I, it, it's not that I think I'm putting myself on a pedestal. It's like, Oh, is what we do is how projects work is you know, all of this kind of works together. And I, we have, we have different teams of people. We have people who are specifically in research and specifically in other areas and visual design and things like that. So I don't think I am going to be taking that all on. It's not what I was getting at. It's more like, Oh, what is, where, where does that, what is the things I make and what is the, where does the impact, you know, where does that get directed to? That's a little bit of like a question I have now. And I don't, I don't know, it's a bigger question because I don't know where, what that answer is going to look like. So, um, I, I'm sure you, <laughs> I, I'm sure you, um, when you close your eyes and you visualize where you'll be in a year, um, uh, an, an image does appear like, and also yeah. with regards to this. So what do you see? What do you, what's the image of your work, your responsibilities, uh, in a year time? What, what, yeah. Descri describe you yourself in a year time. <laughs> it's the I'll, I'll have the ability to jump into any any challenge and start understanding how to uh, work that challenge to create kind of really unique, really unique experiences and outcomes. And now, really unique is that like hugely unique or just unique for what it is? Those are all that will all be right sized as we go along. But I'm using that language to be able to say like, oh, what I'm what I'm hoping I look like is um, the ability to really get in there and, and like grab a hold of these like 
experience problems and create experiences on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I know, I'm not going to go, I'm, I'm not a developer. I'm not going to go build the code that's actually going to maybe make the thing. But it'll be, I think I'll, I'll be much closer to the actual creation of the experience than I have been in the past. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there'll be a, I think there'll be a stronger creative output than I'm, than I'm accustomed to. Um, and I don't, and I'm not saying I'm going to start wearing the, the, the title creative by any means, but I, I think there'll be, a, 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 I'll be more comfortable being closer to that and helping drive and create that. Now, um, if we sort of start wrapping up our conversation, um, what I'm, what would you say to somebody who's uh, in a similar situation like you, maybe six months uh, uh, earlier, like three months earlier, just just before you were heading into this path? Is there a piece of advice that you would give? Uh, yes, and if if you are really driven by that curiosity of how it all works and when i say it all works not just pure messaging or not just like pure marketing but you're you have a larger um, appetite or a larger appetite curiosity appetite of like i've always thought about like how to drive this the the total experience you know both from business side to actually how stuff gets made and done and pushed out and connected you know you you've thought larger I would say you're probably three quarters of the way into this field already. And you just like, that is something I didn't know. And that's what I would say, pass on. If you are sitting on teams and you get frustrated because all you can impact is maybe a piece of marketing, but you think larger, this might be a place to explore and it's okay to explore it. You're probably more in it than you realize. And, you know, like you've heard people say on their show, oh, I run in service design. No, that's what I do. I think that's truer, but I think it's truer for probably more people than they know to experience this. And I would say, um, go have those discussions with, you know, the UX, the people, CXers, the people wearing some of the experience design titles that you're around and see see if you're like oh that's interesting see where like if if the way you're experiencing kind of what they do also you know percolates like oh i that's that's i find that kind of neat <laughs> said in a very weird way um i think you're three quarter like i said before you're you're more in it than you realize mm. and i think um it's worthy to explore i think you'll you know my advice to you would be go ahead um dig in a little bit more because the more I've dug into this, the more I've experienced it, even in though I've been very nervous and I've been, you know, scared is not the right word, but I I have been uneasy because I felt like I didn't like belong in this group in a way. Um, The more I've gotten into it, the more I've realized like, yeah, the way I think or the way I like to think is a lot closer to this than, than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe uh, if we get the opportunity to talk again in uh, in twelve months' time, what would be the one 
question that I definitely should ask you. I would ask myself, um, the things that you were worried about, were they the right things to worry about? And what did you miss? What, what did you, you know, what, what was a misfire in your head? Like, what did you anticipate what is going to be this way, but actually went that way? Um, to provide further advice to somebody else of like, don't stumble on that same stumbling block. Like, <laughs> like that wasn't as big as deals you thought it was. This one was. And <clears throat> to understand that, I'd say like, you know, what were, what, yeah, <laughs> let me rephrase that. What were you worried about that you shouldn't have been worried about? Mm -hmm. And what should you have paid more attention to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's the noise and what's the real signal? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the cyst there. That's great. Yeah. What's the noise? What's the real signal? Yeah. And, th and that's hard because, uh, yeah, most, most of the time you just learn those things through experience. So we'll, uh, let's see if we can make it happen, uh, in a, in a year time. Uh, uh first of all, uh, sort of last of all, uh, thanks for reaching out. That's already a very big step and courageous step, uh, not being, uh, very experienced in this field and still being able to and willing to share your story. So I really appreciate that. And uh, once again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah, and thanks for, you know, like being game for even this. Um, but, you know, I I really appreciate, you know, all the podcasts that I've listened to. It's, it's definitely given me, you know, helped me understand language and ways to kind of think about like what I was getting into. And, you know, and thank you for letting me stumble around here for an hour because it is, it is, re you know, real time for me trying to figure some of this out and just, I, I find that valuable and happy to share it. So that, thank you yeah, for this yeah. opportunity. And, then, and this is how the design process works, right? We stumble <laughs> forward and uh, uh, that's just part of the game. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to provide a platform for that. So uh, thanks again, Herb. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Herb and most importantly, got something useful out of it. Like I mentioned at the start of the episode, if you're looking for a way to advance your career and become a more mature professional, just as Herb is doing, the Selling Service Design with Confidence program might just be the thing that you're looking for right now. This program will give you a proven framework which is going to help you to get the message about the value of your work across clearly so that you can find the buy-in and support for service design that you need to do great work and do it all with confidence. So get off to a great start in 2022 and make sure you have the message that is going to help you to work on more meaningful and rewarding challenges. Our first cohort of this year starts on February 7, 2022, and the deadline to apply is January 31st. To increase your chance of getting accepted into this round, make sure you send in your application as soon as possible. The applications are reviewed in the order that I received them, and once we reach the max number of participants, you won't be able to join this round anymore. So head over to servicedesignshow.com slash selling and learn how you can apply. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks again for listening to the Service Design Show in this new year. It's great having you. Keep making a positive impact and I'll catch you very soon in a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. See you then.